Hi everybody, my name is John Lacey and this is the uh, video and live streaming show and I'm joined here by Sam Proof today. Today we're talking all about YouTube for live streaming. Should you be considering it as one of your live stream destinations and what are some of the, the features and benefits to streaming on, on YouTube? That's to come later today. Hi Sam, how you doing? Good, how you doing John? Doing pretty well. Um, I thought before we get stuck into things, we could have a little bit of chat about this thing, which is the, the Super Bowl. Um, can, you, can you tell us all about what's happening uh, with the with that? Yeah, thanks for this. This is our fourth annual uh, Super Bowl. I'm going to just call it Purbowl because that's so hard, like, <laughs> weird to say out loud sometimes. Um, but the Purbowl is, like I said, our fourth annual event. This is uh, something we run over on the Cute Avalanche Twitch channel um, that parallels a very popular sport game that happens that day. Later in the day, we like to do our thing earlier as a pregame to their game. Um, and this is our fundraising event to get us kickstarted for kitten season, which is traditionally spring to summer in Los Angeles. Um, we foster all year round. We foster about two dozen cats and kittens that we save primarily from the LA shelter system. And we specialize in kittens that are eight weeks and older, which are the most uh, frequently uh, uh, read passed into the euthanasia system. Because if they can't find a foster in 24 hours, they do not have the staff to bottle feed uh, kittens that young. So those are exactly the cats that we take in to foster. And the event itself is a two hour long event. We deck out the, the room and decorations on the live stream, which is twitch.tv slash cute avalanche. The scoring system is based on donations. So the cats are divided into two different teams and you can put your money down for whichever team you want. So it's like uh, $3 for a field goal or 300 bits if you use the Twitch system, and then those points go to whichever team you pick. Or if you do, if you leave the team thing blank, it'll randomly assign one. There's a bunch of other interactive things. You can put messages on a virtual Jumbotron that comes down. We have a bunch of GIFs and stickers that you can drop on the screen. Uh, you can do sound alerts, like uh, a ref whistle or uh, the Vuvuzela, those kind of things, just to cheer along. And this year we're introducing, um, uh, front row, which is a Twitch extension that gives, I think we're going to do five of our viewers a virtual seat on the screen. They will be able to pick their own avatar, do things like wave and dance and cheer on the teams that way as well. So it's a good fun time. And I put on my big announcer voice and do a lot of cat puns. And that's always popular. <laughs> I bet. And uh, if you want to learn more about that, head over to cuteavalanche.com um, and it's, it'll be great to, to watch that all unfold. Um, I'm very excited for it. Yeah. Okay, so this is the video and the live streaming show. Um, and good uh, hello to, uh, to Froggy. Who's, who's joining us live on the stream. We're going out to all kinds of places today. So if you are actually watching live, let us know in the chat where you're coming to us from. We'd love to hear from you. Today, we're talking all about YouTube as a live streaming destination. So I guess, Sam, everybody probably knows what, what YouTube is, but, um, yeah. you know, maybe we could unpack, you know, some of the opportunities of YouTube itself. There's a lot to unpack there. I know we're going to focus primarily on live streaming, but it's hard to uh, to talk about YouTube without talking about it 
as a VOD destination and other things like that. And it's, you know, primary claim to fame, which is really that it is the second largest uh, search engine. I don't know if that's still the case. I think TikTok is is quickly encroaching on that, but I don't think their search technology is quite as good. But yeah, it, it, at least at one point was the second largest search engine for people looking for just about anything, tutorials, music videos, and so on and so forth. And those are important things to remember when you do do things like a live stream. Um, some of the other awesome features about YouTube is there is the ability to monetize. There are several different aspects to that, including their partner program, which is just, you know, ad revenue and things like that. They have a merch shelf so you can link your own products. Um, and it's there's like an endless amount of things to talk about here. But that is, in a nutshell, uh, what we're going to be looking at when we look at YouTube. And it's funny because I, I'm sure we've spoken about this quite a number of times, but it almost feels a little bit like YouTube's having a bit of an identity crisis at the moment. It's got uh, the horizontal videos, the shorts, mm -hmm. uh, the, the live streams. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what to do after you go live and repurposing yeah. your content. And uh, if you actually do use the video editing feature within YouTube, um, as far as YouTube is concerned, once you've done that, it's no longer a live stream. It's, it's just a traditional video or a short, depending on how you actually edit that. But, um, it is, it is really interesting. And as you say, like it's, people are so used to just sort of going to YouTube and searching for stuff to watch, you know, um, I don't think I've ever put on a tie without, uh, looking up a video on how to do, do that because I can that. never remember. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of opportunity there. There's, uh, I, I guess, the ability to to have a channel and to build a following and subscribers uh, is a great thing. But I guess for, for today's discussion, we really want to focus on streaming there. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess you have two, uh, you have a couple of different options in terms of actually streaming to YouTube. You can do it directly. And I must admit, I literally did this yesterday for the first time. I not played around with the settings. Um, too much. I'm curious, Sam, have you ever gone straight to YouTube through YouTube or have you usually used a third party service? Yeah, I think I did when they first, you know, brought that out. I did kick the tires on it, but that was a long time ago. Um, so primarily I do use OBS for almost every streaming experience. Uh, occasionally with like a client I've used either Restream or, or StreamYard. Nice. Yep. And, um, I <clears throat> I didn't even tell Sam about this, but uh, just just enjoy this for a moment. So nice. you do have that ability to, to go directly in there and either with the, the streaming software. So, you know, via OBS um, or, or some other means um, actually broadcast there. But you can literally just go live from the browser with your webcam and whatever microphone you've got there too. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to 
And I think, you know, especially one of the biggest things that I, I don't think we talk about enough is just how daunting it can be to actually go live for the first time. And, you know, yes. if you, in some ways, it's probably a good thing if you don't have an audience, you can just, uh, just get started and, uh, and go live and it may actually help that no one's watching. Um, but certainly you, you can go in and, and do that. But I guess the other opportunity is to, to think about using a multicast, um, service like Restream. We, uh, we use Restream quite a bit. We're using Restream Studio for the show today. Uh, Restream and, and other services like um, StreamYard, and I, I'm sure there are a whole bunch, but... Um, Live, uh, gosh. Yeah, those. I think those three are the, the primary ones. There's like and, plugins for OBS and stuff, but... Yeah, on. I was just, just about to say that, although um, I know people that use those plugins, and I think the thing that I appreciate appreciate about uh restream specifically is i send one signal out to restream yeah. and they send it out everywhere whereas the obs plugin sort of does everything on your internet and your yeah. computer and it can can be a little bit resource intensive so keep that in mind but um you know um th that's another great opportunity and i guess the other thing too is like you can go live instantly um with youtube directly or with a service like restream but you can also set up an event so people can know when you're actually going live you can promote that a little bit ahead of, ahead of time and actually let them know what's happening um and i again i I've, I've made a little video and it's funny this is this is actually a video that uh i use to talk about creating youtube shorts recently, but it's actually about Restream. So let's just have a quick watch of that one. Cool. Schedule an event in Restream. In your dashboard, click on Schedule Events. Choose how you will schedule your events. You can use Restream Studio in the browser. You can use a service like OBS Studio, or you can schedule a pre-recorded video. Specify a title and description for your event. Specify a date and time for your events and upload a thumbnail. Now click Next. Here you will specify your destinations. You can toggle as many of these on as your plan allows. So once you're happy with your events, you simply click Create Events. So it's pretty straightforward, but that, that essentially is how you can schedule an event in, in Restream, and you can certainly select YouTube as one of those, those destinations. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, I know I can't shut up about Restream, but I, I just want to mention too that the free account gives you two destinations. So again, if you're just starting out, just, yeah. just give it a go in a couple of places and, uh, and see how you go. I, I would add when you do something like schedule through Restream to YouTube in particular, um, it's not going to take over all of the different fields. Like it does give you, I believe the ability to select a category under a title and description. Um, but you may want to go in later, make sure that as we learned your, uh, what is it? Live chat replay is on and you could add tags and some other stuff there. Uh, it will also, if you're on the free plan, add a, um, like brought to you by restream in the description of your video, uh, live stream. Um, and they'll overwrite that if you just flat out, take it out, but you can move it to lower in the description. Just an FYI. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of true. Um, and again, it's funny because that that video I just showed you was actually a much longer video, but it had to be cut down for for, for shorts purposes. But there are actually different settings for different platforms. And like one, uh, you know, obviously you don't have 
the area for a huge description on Twitter, for example, um, it's got to be much more succinct. But you can actually go in and edit those things there. Also, uh, LinkedIn has auto captioning, but you do actually have to select a click a checkbox to um, opt into that one too. So there are a few things to keep in mind. I must admit, I've I haven't had a lot of trouble deleting some of those um, free restream messages. They, you know, if, if you go into the events on the individual platform, it usually can get rid of it pretty easily. Um, but I mean, it's it's a great service and I'm, I'm happy to pay for it these days. So yeah. I, I guess, um, you know, and Sam's already alluded to some of these already, but so, you know, once, obviously in restream, we have some settings, but we do have more if we go to the platform specifically, or if you actually start out there in the first place. So you know, first of all, do you have the, the live chat enabled? So do you want some audience participation or if uh, or are you just doing something live to camera and you don't really want the distraction? You can turn that on and off. The live chat replay is, is really cool. So again, if you are using a service like Restream, you want to go in and actually make sure that uh, you've, you've got that enabled. Yeah, if on you're planning on having that archive live and be a, a, a rewatchable VOD, you want to have that. Uh, replay enabled yes yeah and that you know that way uh, and obviously we have the ability to bring chat messages onto the screen here mm -hmm. for the people that are participating but there may be other things that you know we don't bring on but it may still be part of the experience if you if you want to watch it later we also have these uh, participant modes. So, you know, who can actually, uh, you know, uh, chat essentially. So I think the options are anyone, subscribers, um, and live commentary approved users. And again, a lot of these features, are, they're interesting. It's good to know that they're out there. I don't particularly use them very often, but um, just keep in mind that they are actually there. And there's even the, the ability to have a message delay. So there's a, what they call slow mode. So if you do um, expect maybe a little bit of, um, I don't know, feedback, trolling, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tension in the chat, um, you, that might, might be something that you can do to sort of make sure that uh, you keep it under control. So I guess the other thing too is uh, just in terms of, of moderation. So again, in, in the settings for the YouTube Live, you do have um, the ability to specify some, some users as moderators. We've got some blacklisted words um, and more from your community settings, which is actually a different um, dialog box, but it is really, really good to know. And I guess, Sam, do you have any sort of general advice in terms of moderating uh, chat? I know we've spoken about this before, but maybe just a high level overview of, of the things that you like to think about. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bunch of things here. First off, depending on how active your stream is, you may want to enlist the help of some close friends or family members to take on that uh, role of being a moderator for your stream. I would never advise you to uh, give that power to someone you don't actually know. Several people will come through your streams and be like, can I be a mod? Don't ever say yes to that person. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe if they've been around for like a year, you know, continually coming back to your stream and uh, you have a sense that they know who you are, what's acceptable, what's not, etc. then consider it. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, when you're just starting out, pick people you know who you can physically find and be like, what did you do? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, people you trust. Um, 
And if that is not an option or if they're not always available, definitely look to uh, chatbots. I know Nightbot. I think it's Nightbot.tv uh, runs on YouTube. And my personal favorite, Mix It Up, uh, is releasing a YouTube version. They're in beta. There's also Batissimo. Uh, Batissimo is great if you do something like Restream where you're on multiple platforms because they also do multiple platforms simultaneously and it's cloud-based, uh, which is great. So look at those and you can set them up, as John said, to like uh, kind of do what the YouTube side did as well, but you may just want to have one thing that controls everything. Um, you can set them up to watch for keywords and phrases that are blacklisted. You can find a good blacklist by just Googling like blacklist uh, text file, something like that, uh, and drop those in. Um, I would advise turning off at least in the beginning, maybe, or maybe yeah, just, I would advise turning off people being allowed to drop in uh, links unless they are, uh, you know, people, you know, like uh, approved or whatnot, uh, which you can create a list of regulars through some of the chat bots so that they have sort of an arbitrary, like these are good, not necessarily moderators, just good um, and things like that. And uh, yeah, I, is it, did, I, did I miss anything important there? No, no, I think that's great. I think like it is literally all about trust. Um, yeah. I feel like I quote a different Billy Joel song every week. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's only just a matter of trust. Um, but anyway, uh, getting back to our YouTube settings, I guess yeah. the other thing that's really interesting, and I haven't had a chance to explore this yet, but they literally have the ability to do live redirects. So yeah. if you're having a live show and you know you start at a particular time and you end at a particular time and you know somebody else is going to be streaming um, after you finish, you can literally set it up so that the uh, the YouTube will redirect them the minute your your session ends, and they can go watch the other show. Which I just think is 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 really fascinating because it. I, I think sometimes content creation, video creation, live streaming they, these can be very solo, siloed, um, lonely um, activities. So if you can actually reach out and connect with people doing similar sort of things um, that, you know, the audience will, will be interested in both of them and sort of form some of those partnerships. I think that's kind of amazing. Yeah, you, you can also use that redirect to go to a future stream of your own that has been scheduled, as long as it's already been scheduled. <laughs> nice. So an event, I should say. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think um, that level of uh, collaboration is one of the things that uh, made sites like Twitch so popular is being able to host or raid another streamer and kind of grow that sort of mutual respect there and, you know, handing, not handing out, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's really just going hand in hand with uh, another streamer and being like, we're like a partnership. <laughs> this is great. Absolutely. So this is the video and live streaming uh, show. My name is John Lacey and I'm joined by Sam Proof. Today we're talking all about YouTube as a live a streaming destination. So Sam, um, before we continue on um, uh, speaking about YouTube specifically, I, th I think maybe it might be worthwhile if we take a, a step back a little bit and, and maybe think about some of the reasons people might like to live stream at all. Um, and I guess for me, uh, one of the things I... I I hate to admit this, but on some levels, I am a perfectionist. And if mm -hmm. I have to create a video um, and I'm, I'm doing it offline and I'm recording it and editing it, um, 
I can spend the rest of time doing that. Whereas live streaming gives me a built-in uh, time and, and some yes. public accountability. So I have to go live. If I chip over my words a little bit, it's like, who cares? Just keep keep going. Um, but I, I, I guess that's, that's one of the things I really appreciate about going uh, live streaming. I'm curious, um, you know, what other things that, that, what other benefits you might see in, in this activity? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm very much in a similar mindset where I will spend just an endless amount of time on a video and at the end of the day might decide that just isn't worth doing anything with. <laughs> and that's a lot of wasted time. Whereas if you make a commitment to do a live stream, uh, it takes away a lot of that leaning on the perfectionism because it is what it is. You're going to make mistakes and people aren't going to care. Uh, and it exists from point A to point B, and that is it. It's great where it is. Um, I mean, we've all we've all done the live stream. We're 30 minutes in. We're like, well, damn, I've been muted this whole time. I, you know, clearly wouldn't have posted that video, but you keep going. Um, you know, the other thing that I always say is I, I hate editing, even though I'm really good at it. Um, and it's part of that whole thing where it's like, I will obsess over it. I will look at a cut, like an individual cut so many times. And I'm like, this is just, is this a really good use of my time? Um, and I think doing things live really just motivates you to push forward. Absolutely. And I guess, um, uh, and, and this you know, obviously, we've spoken previously and e even earlier today about the the work that that you're doing with, well, as as part of Cute Avalanche yeah. and literally this uh, this foster caring uh, charity type of thing. And I think, in some ways, um, you know, people always come back to this. Oh, I'm you know, I'm not a kid playing a game. Live streaming doesn't mean right. anything to me. I, it's just not who I am. But I think, yeah, I, and again, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and, and sort of more business orientated things. But um, really, I think the opportunity for people to get to know you, to be able to actually mm -hmm. see the kinds of things that you do for you to demonstrate your expertise, to mm -hmm. actually show uh, how a product or service really actually works in the real world. Um, and and to to build up some some trust and and some relationship probably long before a person's ever actually interested in purchasing um i just I, it's it's really it's a beautiful thing I, I i don't try to be i try to avoid being too dogmatic about these things i think live streaming is is a tool in a giant toolbox of content creation options but i do think it's uh it's it's a really wonderful way of doing things live, getting some some feedback. And really for me, one of the things I keep coming back to is just my ability to develop my communication skills. Mm -hmm. I've got to tell you, I do edit my, my live streams from time to time. And I'm always amazed at how much better I sound than I imagine I sound. Like I can string <laughs> sentence to get, I say that now. Not, and I'm not just over my word. <laughs> not in this exact moment in time, evidently. But you know, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, that's, that's the thing. And it's sort of that presentation skill and, you know, just even organizing my thoughts around a particular topic. Um, it's, it's been really transformational for, for me and I, I do love the ability to share this in real time. But um, yeah, so I guess, you know, there, there are all kinds of opportunities out there for, for live streaming. And again, don't, don't be too caught up in the, the stereotypes of, of what's out there. Yeah, I, I mean, there is every possible category out there of live streaming. And it really just comes down to 
you're either doing something informational and educational or entertainment or, or somewhere in the middle. Um, so you have the gamers and the e-girls and the, you know, and then you have over here, like the churches and the podcasts and the just guys teaching you code and stuff. So like every possible thing can be live streamed, especially in this day and age, everybody's got the ability to live stream from their phone. So you have roofers doing contracting work live, which I'm sure they appeal to a very small niche audience, but they're still there. You know, it is, it's an endless um, ability. You know, it's, it's really just connecting with other people at the end of the day and either entertaining or informing. And I guess that's the other thing I've noticed um, in terms of my own sort of consumption, particularly of, of short form videos, is, you know, I, I will see a lot of things that I wouldn't have sought out, um, like woodworking and pottery and things. And I, I don't really aspire to do any of those, but it's right. just really nice to see uh, the craftsmanship uh, that goes into that. And aesthetically, it's it's quite, quite lovely. Um, and as someone who doesn't really produce anything particularly tangible, I'm, I'm always attached to a computer. Um, I, I just, I really appreciate that. And I, it's, it's been really interesting to, to see how it unfolds, but I guess we should probably turn our attention back to, to YouTube. So we're talking yeah. about YouTube as live, uh, streaming destination specifically. Um, and I, I guess I want to talk a little bit about, um, some of the things that you should think about after you go live. So, um, and I'm going to level with you. I, you know, I'm I'm relatively new to this. Sam's been doing it for, you know, I think since 2005, I think we established. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've made video content for many years, but I haven't done a lot of live stuff. And I don't have a great audience on YouTube. Um, I, I think I've got a grand total of 13 subscribers right now. Um, and I, I love you all. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, but it is it is very early in, in, in my process and, you know, my development. But I think one of the things that I came to realize is that um, I, I think it's really important to go and watch your live recording. Mm -hmm. And I know people are going to have a very visceral reaction to that and be like, no, I don't want to hear myself. I don't want to see myself on camera. Um, but you want to do this for two reasons. And one is just to, to establish what you did and what worked and what might need improving next time. But the other thing is actually more of a technical, um, consideration. So, um, YouTube actually needs to process that video before you can use all of the, the additional features. So uh, make sure you go and watch it. Um, I, and I, I guess like what I've discovered is that if I watch it as the highest definition that is available, the highest resolution, yeah. uh, it does seem to speed up that process a little bit. Mm -hmm. And once you've done that, then you have all the, the extra opportunities. So things like actually adding end cards and uh, end cards to, to link out to different videos and playlists and channels. Uh, you can also link out to an external website if you are part of the partner program as well. Uh, but you know you can you can think about the the captions um, and and you can go in and sort of add add that stuff in. So I guess you know are there any kinds of things that you would think would be worth exploring after someone has actually gone live on on YouTube? Yeah, so similar to our show, a lot of people will use like an intro or a countdown or credits at the end and things like that. And I'll go into the live and cut that out. So it really just starts right at the talking, you know, um, and you want to make sure to do this before you utilize this for any other content built into YouTube. Because once um, 
as I recently learned, you can go into your past lives, you can remix it into a YouTube short, but if you then decide, oh man, I forgot to take off those end credits or that intro uh, of five minutes countdown, um, it invalidates that short that you created and it's like, hey, the original video is gone, so we have to take this down too. So make sure you do those as well. Uh, you go into the editor, you hit the trim and cut, and you can make all of those from there. And then it'll resave it. It processes over, depending on how long your video is, a, a few hours or so. And then you can start remixing to make shorts. That's a that's a great point. I think um, the thing that I, I'm still thinking about and have been thinking about for months is that it'll literally take... The, the minute you trim that video, you, as far as YouTube is concerned... It's yeah. no longer live or right. was no longer live. It's literally now just a video. And uh, we, we've spoken about this a few times, but if you go to a YouTube channel uh, now, you've literally got different tabs for videos, shorts, and lives. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I totally appreciate where you're coming from in terms of, you know, cutting out some of that extra stuff that's, that's around. But um, to me, it, it almost feels like it's no longer uh, alive in, in YouTube's eyes. Um, and it's not to say that I don't edit and remix and repurpose, which we'll talk about in more detail in a moment, because I totally do. But generally speaking, what I do is I take that activity outside of YouTube and I use my, my editing software and I cut those things up and I, I upload them to YouTube and other places as well. So I don't know. I'm just, I, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's just how I think about it. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, I do generally try to leave those uh, live things in their original format um, as much as possible. But again, it's it's just another option. So I guess it's up to right. the individual so, survey. Yeah, as far as the YouTube live tab is concerned, it'll still show those archives there, even if you've trimmed them. Um, and it's really just about future content from those where it starts to be like, no, that's a different thing now. It has ceased to exist. Um, so yeah, like if you go into my channel page, you'll see because I've I you know just uh, trimmed off like the last couple of our shows so that they start right at the talking, but they show up in that that live page, um, and I think it really is something that those streamers need to pay attention to. What is the um, discoverability of those streams after they've been live and become those archives as alive, like? I'm not seeing much of anything. So in order to, you know, use the built-in remix feature, which I dig as opposed to taking it into new software and all of that, um, you know, I do that edit first, the, the trim, and then you go right into your phone and find it and just remix a 15 second bit from it. And, and there you go. I mean, you can, you don't have to do the trim if there's absolutely no rediscovery of those streams. Sure. Uh, you can still do the other thing. But it also, I think there is something to be said for uh, taking the whole thing and trimming out all of the, the filler words, the mistakes and blah, 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 maybe putting a background uh, music track onto it, whatever makes sense, um, and uploading that as its own VOD, even though you still have the original live stream. Um, because of the new discoverability metrics that are out there, that person who shows up for the live may never see the VOD and vice versa. And the person who sees the shorts probably definitely doesn't see the other things. So 
And yeah. I guess that's that's the thing. At the moment, we're kind of working under the assumption that our video viewers, our shorts viewers, and our live viewers may be different audiences, and we don't know, you know, what overlap there is, if any. But I guess, yeah, like one of the the big metrics for YouTube specifically is is watch time. And I just my instinct is that the more physically, the more that I have on my channel, the more um, somebody could potentially watch. Yes. Uh, you know, if I have some sort of super fan or stalker, um, you know, they, they can, they can, the more that's there, the more they, they can watch it. Although I guess they could rewatch things if they really wanted to, too. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. And we're, we're still sort of getting a, a sense of how that's playing out in the real world. I do take your point about live streams, um, not necessarily having, uh, having a great, uh, shelf life after the fact necessarily um although with my very small audience it is sort of hard <laughs> to get a sense of just how true that is um right but yeah i mean it's just, it's just another opportunity and it's definitely worth exploring so yeah it's 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 a good point you make so this is the video and live streaming show. I'm John Lacey and I'm joined by Sam Proof. Today we're talking all about YouTube for live streaming. So YouTube is a live streaming destination. Um, obviously, YouTube is a very popular website, one of the most popular on the, on the internet. So, you know, we know that there are people there. We also know there's a lot of opportunity there as uh, a lot of opportunity, also a lot of competition there as well. So, you know, we want to see if we can get people to put more of their eyeballs onto our content um, rather than our competitors. But I, I think, and Sam's already alluded to this a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about repurposing live content. So you've gone live, um, whatever's happened has happened. Maybe you leave that up so it's publicly available for people to watch later on. Um, maybe you make it private. That's kind of up to you. Um, but I guess, you know, if you've, if you've given a good demonstration or a good presentation, how can we actually think about taking some of that content and reusing it in other places? Yeah, I, I think this is where you start to uh, come into a place uh, or a mindset of preparing your live stream specifically for these kind of things. Um, so, you know, whether you're a gamer or a podcast or a church, you're going to have a vague sense, at least I hope, of what you're going to be doing on a particular stream and then just take it to the next level of like, you know, what do I think is going to be like the most value for my uh, my user base? So if you're, uh, you know, a podcast, what are the, the main talking points? Like if I were to turn this podcast into a listicle of top 10 things that were happening here, like top 10 pieces of advice that I gave on YouTube, <laughs> live streaming, whatever we're doing right now, uh, what would those things probably be? And then, you know, uh, have, a, have a place where you can make a notation of like when that happened in your stream so you can try and find it pretty quickly and turn that into a short. Similarly with gaming, you're going to look for your biggest fails, your biggest wins. You want to try and find a method that works for you to record when that's happening. Um, with YouTube, if you actually have the luxury of having something like a moderation team, like a, a live person that can help you, you can actually have them sitting in your, uh, your, your editor. There is, it's hard to find, but there is actually a live system that will let you create some of those clips immediately. 
a lot easier on Twitch. I must admit, <laughs> I, I played with this yesterday, and I don't know, maybe it was just my internet connection, but like it gave not me great. no joy at all. It was it really, really not painful. Great. It is one of my biggest complaints about YouTube Live is how hard it is to instantaneously make clips. Whereas with Twitch, it is like, I don't... I don't even have to use their interface. I was able to use my chat bot to use their interface to make a chat command that just says clip it. And it's like, boom, there's 30 seconds. Um, and I'm like, God, why does that not exist for YouTube? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to show this off, but I could share my screen and show you just how hard it is to find this, uh, this thing. But let me do this really quick. All right. Well, more... while you're doing that, I might talk yeah. uh, to a, to a few other opportunities that I I see sure. in terms of repurposing your content. So I guess um you know one of uh what what I I guess my philosophy around content uh, repurposing is that you know if you've said something once uh and it's a valuable thing that you've sent you're you're proud of how you put it together you want to share that as as often and as in, in many places as you possibly can. So think about that but i also just you know if you've got a 30 minute live stream or an hour live stream that's a bit of a commitment for people to actually sit and watch yes um i tend to post to linkedin every single day and i think if there's like um one two maybe three minutes worth of content that i can snip out of a live stream and actually post it in that way that's a a really great uh place to to, to start because I'm just trying to think about, you know, what is the, what is the gentle introduction to my world? The, you know, the, the tentative step someone could come to see my content, to get a sense of how it actually works um, and, and, you know, how it might apply to, to their situation. So we can do that. I, I personally do a lot of stuff offline um, in, in my editing software. We spoke about Camtasia and, and, and CapChat, um, CapCut recently. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously there are opportunities within uh, YouTube to do that directly in terms of shorts and even just clipped uh, videos. But um, let's uh, let's bring Sam back in because I think sure. he's ready to yeah, show good. us this now. Let me just bring it up onto the stream. Right, this is my, my dashboard. So you're going to go into your content. This is my creator studio, I should say. Click the live tab. Already two clicks in. We're going to... Uh, do I want this? Yeah, we're going to click this one, which is a meaningless... But uh, this goes into your control room, three clicks in. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I'm going to let it load. But up here in the right, there is this little clapboard. Uh, and then you create highlight from here. And this is the tool with four clicks in to get to this. Um, and this will be your live stream running. And you can you have your in and out handles here. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> you can kind of review it live. You enter a title you can i highly suggest saving that to unlisted for starters uh and just entering whatever there and then yeah once you've got it how do, how do i even get it to the point oh i guess it requires this so then you can create your clip and it'll save it um if you are doing a very long live stream this thing only goes back like a I think it might cap out at four hours. I know with the kitten cam, there's been things where I've been like, and I can't go back that far because we're 24 mm -hmm. seven most of the time. Yeah. Um, so it's there. It works. It's not fast and easy. It's somewhat limited, but yeah, I mean, it's a tool that I think you can take advantage of. 
especially if you have someone else to do that while you are live who has a good sense of what it is that you would be wanting to make those clips of. Um, and as John was saying, yeah, you, you don't want to clip out a 30 minute segment. I mean, unless that is just the most dynamic thing ever. I think when we talk about, we could probably get rid of the dashboard, but I think when we talk about repurposing content, um, you need to think about it in terms of like short content, medium content and long form content. And even at long form content, I'm capping out at 10 minutes tops and that's extreme. Um, and it's probably something like seven to 30 seconds for short, uh, 30 to three minutes for my medium and three minutes to five on average for really long form, but 10 really in an extreme situation. So I think that's how I kind of think about those in, in form of, in, in the sense of, uh, length. Absolutely. Um, and, and I guess like different people will will want different things from you yeah and you know if you can create give them options and they can sort of self-select a little bit um that that's wonderful i mean obviously we're talking about predominantly about video on youtube itself so i mean shorts are, are incredibly popular at the moment for people scrolling through and i hate to admit it but i've developed quite a you know to stare at my phone uh before bed type of oh, habit yeah. lately so you just flick and, and scroll through and see what's there um but yeah, I guess, you know, it just it really depends on the context. Um, and it's funny because one of the things I hear people ask all the time is like, how long should my podcast be? And I always say, like, it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I have a slightly different answer to that. And that is, what is the average commute of your average listener? Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I th that's fair. But I guess, you know, my whole thing is like, I'll keep listening for as long as I'm able to. Um, yeah. Like sometimes if I know I'm, I've got 10 minutes before a meeting, I will look for a podcast that's roughly 10 minutes. But yeah. at the end of the day, I can pause it and I can come back to it. It's not, not, not a huge deal. But I guess, yeah. you know, audio podcasts, you know, I, I, it's funny because I listen to some very long ones and I listen to some, some very short ones. And I have to tell you, the short ones, if anything grabs my attention while I've got those headphones on, I can miss the entire thing. Sure. Like it can just be over before I've even registered yeah. that I'm, you know, what they're talking about. I've, I've listened to a bunch of, uh, like, how to be, you know, like, growth guru type things. Like, how to do things on Instagram and TikTok. And they're, like, five-minute uh, podcasts. And I'm like, I left that with no knowledge whatsoever. I, like, spaced <laughs> out and started thinking about my own thing, and they were done. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> all right. So this is the, the video and live streaming show. I'm John Lacey and I'm joined by Sam Proof. We're talking all about YouTube today as a live streaming destination. So I guess, um, you know, we, we've spoken uh, quite a bit about actually editing these things for short form video. But I guess the thing that you probably need to keep in mind is that, uh, you know, the vertical versus horizontal thing, you are going to have to sort of crop that out in some ways. And sometimes that'll be fine and that'll the end result will look quite pleasing. Sometimes it just won't. Uh, you'll probably, and I guess if you're going into a live stream with the expectation of doing that, you might want to think about uh, how, how you're showing up. Um, you know, especially if, like, if you're just a single person live streaming, uh, I guess my advice, if you do want to, uh, you know, 
repurpose that into a vertical format is just make sure you're in the middle of your screen for starters, yeah. um, you know, and, and, you know, the important details are, are in the middle. So keep that in mind, I guess, depending on how you're actually streaming, you can either, um, you, uh, you've always got the opportunity. Once the video is on YouTube, you can go into the creator studio and actually download the files from YouTube. So if all else fails and you don't have a local uh, recording, you can go and do that and then bring it into whatever editing software you want and then slice it up however you like. Again, you might want to go back and look at our previous discussion about CapCut versus Camtasia. Mm -hmm. um, in some ways, it doesn't really matter what you're using as long as you know how to use it. Um, but you can certainly do that offline. You can you can use the YouTube editing tools that are built in. Um, but I, I think even more broadly, and I think Sam alluded to this a little bit, like, can you actually just pass the general content of what you've done and create an article or a listicle or a, yes. a graphic? Um, I think, you know, I keep coming back to this idea that I, I firmly believe that content is content and whatever you're talking about is what you will talk about but it's also what you'll write about it's also what you'll make videos about it's also what you'll make images about um, and I think it, once you distill those messages once you know your own voice and the things that are important to you there are all kinds of opportunities to, to repurpose that content. Um, I guess some of the dangers and some of the things you might want to keep in mind though is that if you're demonstrating some software for example uh, that you don't go click here, click here. You want to say things like select the file menu and go to settings, uh, because yeah. people listening and and not seeing that visual aren't going to get any yeah. any joy out of that. And I think it's just it's a it's a really subtle thing, but I think it you know being more explicit just makes just gives you so many more opportunities to actually take the things that you've you've done and and give them a longer shelf life. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, early on in my career in uh, in hollywood got a very not so hollywood career or uh, job where i worked for essentially before google was google um it was like a phone number you would call to ask questions and so they taught us uh early on to do a very visual like walk and talk i think is how they refer to it which is something that we we talk about in reality television as well um uh walk and talk of what is happening and be like, okay, I'm going into this website right now and it's just loading. So I'm just going to wait for that. And I'm going to, you know, scroll down to this section here and, you know, and just, just be overly verbose about what it is you're doing and, and try and explain to anyone who is not seeing it, what they'd be seeing. And it's funny because there's that old um, adage about, you know, showing and not telling people, particularly yes. in, in, in movies and TV. But yeah. um, I, I sort of think in terms of accessibility and it's like, if I literally can't see the screen, uh, they do have this feature called audio description now. So they will literally right. have somebody explaining what is happening on the screen for people that can't see it, which is really important. But I guess, you know, and it's funny because we have this very old entrenched idea about learning styles and some people learn by doing and some people learn by seeing and some people mm -hmm. learn by mm -hmm. hearing and uh the science really isn't there to support that idea right. but i think um we we all have our preferences and sometimes our preferences are context dependent you know i like to listen to podcasts when i'm doing other things um because it frees me up i don't need to look yep. at a screen <laughs> um but equally you know if you take that to its most logical conclusion um you know the people that have low vision or are completely blind aren't going to be learning visually from from your content. So, I mean, it's just just I, I just encourage people to think 
um, more broadly about their subject matter, because I think sometimes uh, people get so hung up that you that uh, audio podcasts or YouTube video is the only way of doing things. And I'm like, it's just one tool in your toolbox. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, playing to um, a more accessible audience, like, makes your content easier to reformat to a different thing. So, you know, being overly verbose and visual in how you talk on a live stream doesn't limit you in any way. In fact, it now makes your live stream easier to turn into an audio only podcast or to take everything you said, uh, run it through a transcriber and turn it into a blog post. You know, it's you're doing half the uh, the work of converting it immediately. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I, I think um, like just in terms of, of repurposing, I know we've been very short um, vertical video centric lately, but I, I think it is a great opportunity. And I think YouTube in particular is pushing it pretty hard. And it just yes. it's, it's just a wonderful thing in terms of discoverability. You probably are going to get a lot more uh, views on your content if, you, if you're using short form uh, content at the moment. Um, I just wanted to sort of show a clip from a previous show that we've done and just how I've actually uh, repurposed it into a vertical cool. format. So let's have a look at that. It's cropped up for me recently is, uh, you know, I, I think of myself as a content creator and I use those words. And it's been interesting because I, I've seen some pushback to that language specifically. There are people that are like, I'm not a, I'm not a content creator, that's not me. I'm a, I'm a coach who also makes content on the side or, you know, so, something to that effect. So there obviously is, is a segment from, from literally, uh, an earlier edition of this show. Um, and you can see that I've taken the horizontal video. I put it at the top. Um, I'm sort of the, the featured speaker in here. Um, so I had a local recording of me that I was in a higher resolution. I could sort of zoom into that a little bit more. I've just gone in and added some some captions. I think in this case, I actually did do that in CapCut. So mm -hmm. that's probably nice. Sam's influence uh, working on me. But, um, you know, that's... And just just by the by, um, you can actually upload an, uh, an SRT, which is a, a caption file, to CapCut, which I didn't know. I just oh, discovered yeah. it yesterday. It's, oh, um, it's, so if, you, if you've already produced the caption somewhere else, you can bring them in and you can style them. Because I guess that's that's one part, like there are a lot of, guidelines and recommendations on captioning um horizontal video but mm. vertical video is such a new thing that they don't really exist um so you know if, if you did if you have those captions from elsewhere you can certainly bring them in in that way but um i guess you know that's that's kind of the thing that i'm that's short form content um you know i'll throw it up onto TikTok, youtube various places uh, but it's also a really great thing to sort of take to, you know, a place like LinkedIn where I'm sort of just daily dripping out a random bit of content um, just just to, to let people know. So, again, maybe they couldn't join me for the live session. Maybe it was too long. Maybe they had other things going on in their life. I can just sort of pick out some of those highlights and, and bring them in, uh, in, in that way, potentially. Cool. <clears throat> 
All right. So I, I guess we're, we're sort of approaching the end of the hour. So uh, thank you for anyone that's been joining us live. We've had a little bit of uh, chat uh, going on in the background, which is always nice to hear. Um, Sam, I guess, do you, do you have any final thoughts about live streaming YouTube um, specifically? Um, maybe maybe something that our audience can ponder over the next right. week. I mean, in general, my biggest advice with live streaming is, is just get started and then see what you can do bigger and better next time. When it comes to YouTube, um, you're already on this great platform that does shorts, does VOD, it has this community tab. So there's a lot of other places to pull from and to put content within this one platform already. Um, so, you know, see how you can utilize your live stream in those other aspects of YouTube itself and elsewhere. Nice. I guess one thing that we only sort of briefly um, uh, spoke about was just the ability to uh, interlink um, your video. So, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. YouTube wants wants your viewers to stay on their platform, but you kind of want them to stay on your, your content. So, again, think about setting up playlists. Uh, think about those end cards. Uh, you know, actually ask people to subscribe occasionally. It's funny how yeah. often, um, you know, I'll be watching someone for years and like their content just keeps popping up in the feed and I'll, I'll just realize one day I've never subscribed, uh, even though I love everything they do. Um, so I guess those are a few things to, to explore. Um, I, as Sam says, I think getting started, you know, if you really are a, a beginner, that is the hardest part. So again, you know, think about some of the things that you can do with the equipment you've already got, or you can start cheaply and you can practice. Cause I think the, the presentation skill, it's something we don't talk about enough. And I think it's really the thing you probably need to develop. I love the equipment. I love being geeky. I love the software. Yeah. I love the editing, but I yep. think at the end of the day, if you can't tell a story, if you can't express yourself, that's probably going to be a, a larger issue. So, yeah, and, uh, and yeah, I was going to say, I mean, uh, I think the thing with live streaming is that it's you're doing this live for a specific reason. You're doing it for instant communication with someone. So is, you know, go into it thinking like, is this worth being live or do I want to do this as a VOD? And honestly, I will often uh, do something live just to practice getting the content out. And then sure. sometimes I'll use part of that. And sometimes I'll just start from scratch and I'll re-record something um, and edit it. And, and you know, because I think that's the thing, like, we're so self-conscious about ever repeating ourselves. Yeah. And the, the reality is people aren't going to see it the first time. Even if they see it, they're not going to internalize yeah. it. They're not going to take home that message. Um, you know, I, I think you need to keep reminding people of things uh, quite a lot. Um, human beings yeah. are kind of stubborn in that sense. So, um, you know, don't don't be self-conscious about that. Uh, you know, if you've made something, if you've expressed yourself and you think it's worth sharing, it's definitely worth sharing more than once. So make sure you keep doing that. Um, we are sort of approaching the, the end of the show. So I just yep. wanted to mention next week, we're actually going to be talking about using... And it's always a bit risky when I try to do this because I have so many cables on my computer. But we're going to be talking about the Stream Deck um, as, a, as a live streaming tool and a content creation tool as well. So I hope you'll join us as we unpack that one. It's an amazing bit of uh, equipment from Elgato. So I'd love for you to join us then. I haven't actually set up the, uh, the event yet, but I'll do that shortly. Um, yeah. So we look forward to your company the same sort of time uh, next week. Um, before we go, we do have a great comment here, actually. 
So if people are, are multitasking, they'll miss any repeats. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. I, you know, I, I think that's my whole philosophy about social media and life. It's like, if something is not important, just scroll past, don't give it any attention, don't amplify it. Right. But if something is meaningful, by all means, you know, uh, give it more attention, uh, give it more exposure, express it in a number of different ways. All right, so Sam, where can people find out more about you and uh, and what's your content? Sure, you can find me on just about every platform as at Sam Proof, but primarily head over to samproof.tv. You'll find all my links there. Nice. And if you want to catch up with anything I'm doing, you can head over to johnlacy.com. Uh, I've got all the links to all the various places. Um, so thank you for, for joining us today. Uh, I hope you've got something out of this discussion, and I look forward to... Um, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even understand the context of this this comment, but uh, we're talking about <laughs> MySpace all of a sudden. It's all my so. links. You could, yeah. I am on there somewhere. I actually don't <laughs> remember if I'm Sam Proof on MySpace anymore. I definitely have one. Somebody had, had taken um, uh, taken John Lacey on MySpace, and I actually became the real John Lacey. And I wrote this <laughs> this scathing thing uh, in my bio, and uh, the, <laughs> and uh, of course, inevitably, the person that that had that found out about it and we had a really funny conversation yeah but anyway uh that's it. have a great day have a great weekend everybody we'll talk to you again the same time next week so uh take care and we'll talk to you then all right bye everyone <laughs>